What up, Grizz Nation? We are Free Basketball Grizzlies Edition, and I am your host, Daniel Greer. We are presented to you by the Lead Sports Media. Today's interview, we have Akil Hollingsworth. He just recently joined the Lead Sports Media, and he covers the WNBA. So please go check him out after you're done with this and follow him along the journey. They are about to kick off their regular season with the WNBA. But today, we get into a lot of the Michigan State Spartans. The X-Men, Xavier Tillman, Jaron Jackson Jr., even Draymond Green. But if that's not enough, we dabble into the Pistons and my guy from France, Killian Hayes. So enjoy yourself and enjoy the interview today with Akil Hollingsworth. All right, today we have somebody who is a new addition to the family. He is the co-host of the Hoop, the Hoops Avengers show. Almost screwed that one up. They're on the locker room every Tuesday, Thursday, 5.30 Eastern. You can find them at hoops underscore Avengers. And like I said, he is part of the lead family. He is part of the WNBA part of the lead. I'm not yeah, sure how a, we're doing it yet. Yeah, yeah. Um, we, I don't even know yet. Exactly. So, so yeah. it's all brand new. But uh, we want to bring you in today, Akil Hollingsworth. What's up, man? What's up? Thanks for having me, Bailey. I mean, not Bailey, Daniel. You call how me are Bailey. you? Bailey. We're just yeah, starting was... up this podcast from the start. This is this is good. exactly just cut it that, cut that all out, get that out of it. Uh, Daniel, <laughs> how are you today, man? I'm good, man. So uh, yeah, so you know what? We're not editing anything. So Bailey Caldwell is actually my superior, we'll say, because um, okay. he runs the Grizz Lead account, part of the Memphis yep. Grizzlies. Yep, yep. Um, and so he's going to be uh, heading up uh, with the help of you and Corey as well in the WNBA deal. So correct, um, correct. A little bit about that. I want to go into the WNBA. Um, what's your background on that, and what brings you to just kind of having the love for WNBA? Man, um, for me with the WNBA, I got in, uh, let's say, probably three or four years ago. Um, I think for me, I'm just I'm just a hoops guy. Like, I love basketball, all forms, whether it's college, NBA, you name it. I love hoops. Um, and I never really got into the WNBA. And then I was kind of just hanging out, and I just saw some games on, and I just started watching. And I was just like, yeah, these girls are really, really, really good at basketball. And then I've been I've been on the W ever since. So gotcha. randomly decided to flip to a WNBA game. Uh, I think I was watching, of course. Yeah, it was Seattle Storm versus Phoenix Mercury. So, of course, you had the two the two kind of goats uh, watching Sue Bird and Diana Taurasi go at it. Okay. Um, so that's that's a good first intro game. So from there, I, I was sold ever since. That's awesome. Yeah, I um I have never really got too in depth in WNBA. I've watched a few games here and there, but uh, with life in general, chasing kids around, um, you know, I'm I'm now a coach of a t-ball team. I help with soccer, wh- whatever. I do so much with kids. You do so much. Yeah. There is no chance of putting anything else into my life. Um, I already do wrestling, and that's bad enough. Like that probably could yeah. go first, um, especially yeah. in my wife's opinion. That goes first. Um, um, <laughs> But, uh, but let's go ahead and get into it. Something we do that's a, a fun game, kind of an icebreaker. That's a game we call Clutch Time. Uh, what it is is I'm going to ask you a series of question and answers, uh, just whatever, whatever you can give me. Uh, and on your answer, one word, two words, ten words, you only have one rule in the entire game is that you give me good stories. And if it's a bad stories, we ask you, keep those to yourself. We don't want those ones. Okay, for sure. All right, so uh, Akil, you ready for uh, Clutch Time? Let's see. Let's see how this goes. <laughs> uh, I, li- I like the, the hesitancy right there. Um, all right, we'll start you off with a fun one. Which dinosaur would you bring back? T-Rex. Just So we're just killing everybody from the start. Yeah, yeah, T-Rex. I don't know why uh, those things are monsters. And i just like to see how they'd work in the world. Probably not well. Um <laughs> Like, if there's a T-Rex that shows up in the middle of New York City where I live, I don't know what I'd do. I'd probably be on the first flight out of there. Um, but, man, yeah. let's just see. I feel like any dinosaur would be bad, but T-Rex. Right. I'll go T-Rex. That's funny. Um, all right, let's go to the next one. Um, favorite movie or show of all time? Favorite show of all time, The Wire. Um, the Wire, 
It's a classic television show. Um, I love it. It's very, very good show. And then favorite movie of all time. Man, they're not good movies. They're not good movies at all. Um, they went down on all sense about Fast and Furious 5. But just for some reason, that that whole train of the Fast and Furious series, man, listen, I'll watch every single one of them. Like, I'm just in at this point. Like, right. even when it's Fast and Furious 15, yeah. when they're going to have to go to outer space to get something done. Um, it'll be physically impossible, but I'll still be in. I'll be sold. So, yeah, um, Fast and Furious, that whole that whole series is probably very much up there for me. Yeah, speaking of that, uh, John Cena is going to be the new bad guy. So uh, former wrestler John Cena. Always got to bring it back to wrestling. Why not? Um, all right, so uh, a, a movie that you quote the most. A movie that I quote the most. Man, um, Coach Carter. Um, I don't know why. Wow. <laughs> um, that whole speech that um, he does, uh, Mr. Cruz, um, our deepest fear is not that we're inadequate. It's that we're powerful beyond measure. That whole thing, um, that I just, it magically pops up. I say it once or twice a day. I don't know how it just happens. That's funny. Uh, that's random, but funny. I like it. Exactly. Um, yeah. Favorite music artist. Oh man. Um, favorite music artist of all time. Um, probably, probably Stevie Wonder. Um, I'm a, I'm a Michigan guy. I'm from Michigan. Um, love, love all things Motown. So Stevie Wonder is probably my favorite music artist of all time. Who are you listening to today? Who I'm listening to today. Um, I'm very much into cocaine rap. Um, this is, this is one of my weird things. So a lot of Pusha T, a lot of Freddie Gibbs, a lot of Conway, a lot of Benny the Butcher. Uh, but of course, like the normals, like Drake's in there. Um, my music tastes are very random. I just have a Spotify playlist. It's called Vibes. Okay. It's just everything. It's just everything that I listen to. So, like, if I throw that thing on shuffle, like, it, well, I'm looking at it right now. Like, it went from literally. I have the sound on mute. It's going from Tame Impala to Oh Pusha T, and <laughs> then it jumps straight to Childish Gambino to Taylor Swift <laughs> to Frank Sinatra um, to Calvin Harris. Uh, to Lil Baby, and then to MGMT, and then wow. to Young Thug, and then it ends with Bonnie Vey. So I'm I'm very random when it comes to music. Yeah. Um, genuinely, I listen to everything. Anything that feels good slash sounds good, I'm in it. I like it, man. Uh, no, that, that's good. Um, all right, let's keep it rolling. Uh, what's a talent that you might have discovered during quarantine? A talent that I discovered during quarantine. Or anything about yourself that you're like, you know what, during quarantine, I kind of, you know, I felt myself on that one. I feel like the biggest thing for quarantine that I kind of figured out is, is the sports, the sports media world. Yeah. Because uh, I got in, I got in on beta uh, with Locker Room. Mm -hmm. I got an invite out to do it. And I just realized that like outside of doing like my day job, like being able to talk shit with people that are cool about sports is super fun um and yeah that was that's probably one of the things that i realized the most that is that i kind of have a knack for doing this type of thing yeah now I, I, and that's kind of probably around quarantines when i came back into it as well um and so um it, i'm down the same timeline as well but uh let's get into uh, a bucket list item a bucket list item wow any any item any item your your best what you got Man, probably my Nespresso coffee maker, man. I got that thing during quarantine again, and it makes really good coffee. Um, I'm a huge coffee person. Like, I just need it to function as a human being. <laughs> um, and and I'm, I'm not one of those person, people that are like, man, don't talk to me before I have my morning coffee. I'm not that bad. Yeah. Like, those, like how people, like, like those people, they're just weird. I don't get it. But um, yeah, my Nespresso coffee machine probably that's that's something i'll need at all times now since i got it the first time yeah well i'm not a coffee drinker so i want one more what's something on your list right now that is a bucket list item that is like that's what you want to do in life like what is one item that we we need one item out of you one item like where are you going to... is there somewhere you're going to travel to like 
give me a- oh yeah easy um new zealand so okay um, i had i had tickets actually to go to new zealand this past summer uh before the whole world shut down uh so i didn't get to go and i'm still super upset about that um but now since i got i got both of my shots in um hopefully soon um i can run that back um, yeah. and, and get out there finally so that, new zealand that would be awesome um yeah never thought about going there I've, I've, mine would be probably australia uh yeah because that would be super cool such a long plane ride good god um i don't know if yeah, i do that like but, 25 hours yeah, yeah for sure. We're, we were thinking on our honeymoon that's like one of our bucket list items for me and my wife and uh, i saw one the prices and that talked me out of it quickly but then i looked at the the flight time and i was like oh no no chance yeah yeah especially for me man when it comes to when it comes to planes because i'm i'm oh. six five i'm six five so yeah. Man, long time on planes, and then your <laughs> knees are just crammed against the seat in front of you, and I feel you. It's it's not fun. It's not yeah, fun. Yeah, you're taller than me. I'm six three, but man, I, I feel you. I um, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't get in small spots often. Yeah, you, you, I'm only there for a little bit, man. That's it. <laughs> All right, uh, you. you get it. Yeah, let's get a little bit of uh, sports. Uh, favorite sports TV personality. Favorite sports TV personality. Man, um, Belmonte Jones, okay, or or me the times. So, Ooh. I'm I'm not a big football yeah. person. I don't like the NFL that much. Um, but man, whenever Mina Kimes talks, like she's so good at what she does, man. Like the ability to be super smart, but then come across in a really authentic slash personable way. Right. Um, not a lot of people have that combination. Um, so I'm just hooked. Like whatever Mina Kimes does, I'm there. Like the show with her, Dan, and then Marcus Spears is, is a really good time. And then Bomani. Bomani's just wickedly smart. He's just a smart dude. Um, so High Noon was a really good show with Pablo. Yeah. Um, but then Highly Questionable now, um, I'm a big fan of as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, those they two, uh... Yeah, those uh, Bamani and Mina were both on Highly Questionable for a while, uh, yeah, rotating yeah. in and out. Um, and so, yep. uh, yeah, no, I love both those. Those are good. My, uh, my uh, obviously, I've said it many times, but Stuart Scott is my ultimate. Uh, no matter He's what, Scott is goaded. Yeah, no, no matter what he did, he was uh, who's the best at it. But uh, keep it on pulling sports. Um, just a personal favorite sports moment for you. What What was your What's your go to? Um, my favorite sports moment was I so my junior year of school I was a basketball manager at Michigan State um in my junior year we made it to the final four um so that that's probably one of my my favorite moments that's all the time um that's uh that's something you'll never forget um yeah for sure uh who is a favorite athlete of all time in any sport I don't care what it is um all time Serena Williams um she's she's she was so dominant it's either her tiger woods um serena um she's from michigan flint product um to see her dominate tennis being uh, a person from compton and doing it as long as she did it um something you don't really see as much um so definitely her but then same thing with tiger man like golf is such a hard sport to be dominant at yeah because it's just physically you out there by yourself and he had like a five, six-ish year run where he was the best player ever, right. hands down. Um, so that's that's really hard to do. So I respect the hell out of that. Yeah, those two, um, both African-American, both could possibly go down as the best in their sport ever. Um, yeah, yeah. And that's it's, that's groundbreaking. That's 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 uh, pretty, pretty cool. Because um, you wouldn't have thought about that probably not even 20, 20 years ago. Yeah. And yeah, for not sure, not before no then. Shot. Yeah. yeah, no shot. No uh, shot at all. Yeah, so shout out to them. Uh, both goats. Uh, all right, so last question. Uh, this is one I usually end on. Uh, it's my favorite. Uh, so you're starting, you're taking over a business, whatever. Like you're the boss, but you have to bring in four other people to help manage the business with you. I need it to be successful. What four other people would you choose? Whoever you can pick, it doesn't matter. I don't care. Four people to run the business with you. Who are you choosing? Wow. Um, 
That's a tough question. Um, Bill Gates. Um, right. Simply because I feel like Bill Gates did it himself, Microsoft. Like, that's an easy pick. Okay. Um, Shaquille O'Neal. Um, that dude, he's a marketing genius, man. Like, take his TV, sports stuff out of there, whatever he says on TNT. Um, just as, from a pure marketing standpoint, that dude's very, very good. Um, man. Are we rocking um, with Bill Gates and Shaq? My sister. My sister is another one. She's she's a very smart person. She has she has a PhD in biochemical engineering. So if there's anything I need from a math slash analytics standpoint, <laughs> um, I'll just just let her do it. Um, just let her do it, and she'll figure it out. And then, man, last spot. I need like a, I need like a coach, like a just a just a dude to be Yoda. Uh, give me Phil Jackson. Give me Phil Jackson. Um, I don't know what he'll do. He'll just kind of be Yoda. Um, okay. Keep the vibes up. Kind of just do his psycho analysis thing. Um, and yeah, run with that. And I think I think I could have a very successful business. I like you know what. So some people go so many different ways about doing this. Uh, I always have said uh, I bring my mom into it because one, I, I need a woman's uh, approach help uh, with running a business because I'm so dude driven that I need you know to be balanced out, and I can't have my wife um, as I've said before because I can't work with her on a normal day and day basis plus try to handle kids, um, and so that we yeah, had to throw that sure. one out. So I like that you brought your sister in. You thought, hey, I, you know, we need different aspects of the business. So um, yeah, yeah, exactly. I like it. I was, yes. You got to make money, but you got to keep, you know, got to keep the team going, uh, rowing the boat. So exactly, um, exactly. So. All right. Well, uh, good answers. I like them, man. Uh, we we try to do that. Try it breaks it up. Uh, kind of starts this off good. Uh, but what next is? I want you to kind of plug your stuff. Like, where can people find you? What are you doing right now? I know we talked about you being now part of the lead officially and being a part of the WNBA stuff, but uh, what else you got going on? Yeah, man. So um, where you can find all my stuff, well, first of all, my Twitter, um, at Akil HH. So A-K-H-I-L-H-H is my Twitter handle. Um, Yeah, my show on Locker Room, Tuesdays and Thursdays, 5.30 p.m. Eastern, Hoops Adventures. Um, We just talk about random stuff, whatever we can kind of find. Um, We'll talk about it today. We're talking about the Western Conference playoff picture. Um, We did the East on Tuesday, so today we're doing the the West. Um, So, yeah, just talk about random stuff. And then um, the biggest thing, like like, uh, Daniel kind of mentioned, I'm joining the lead. Uh, super, super excited for that. Um, all the coverage coming out is going to start on May 14th, um, but because that's just the opening day of the season. But for, for me on my end, I'm going to be covering a team. I'm not going to air out what team yet, but I'm covering a team. And then on top of that, man, uh, one of my favorite things about basketball in general is just kind of the culture aspect of it. And I think a lot of people don't really touch on that. So I'm going to go from everything from sneakers, kicks, to outfits, to to the hip hop culture in the WNBA as well. I'm going to kind of take on that side as well because um, there's a huge connection between between hoops and, and street culture slash hip hop culture. Um, so that's something that's super interesting. I kind of wanted to tackle and, and the whole team was super on board with that. So that's something I'm doing as well. Cool. I like that. Uh, so a few questions about that. Um, so is there going to be a Twitter account that is going to be covering that? Yeah. So there's, so they're, they're making the whole Twitter stuff for that too, as okay, well. Good. So May 14th, all that stuff is coming. And you're, uh, will you be writing it all? Uh, I'm going to be writing. So I'm going to be doing pieces and then I'm going to be doing my own shows on okay. as well. May 14th. Cool. Yep. yep. So I'm yeah, so I, I like that. So uh, just make sure you go follow the the Hoops Avengers uh, Tuesdays Thursdays. Uh, they're going to be on the Locker Room app at Locker Room app is how it uh, is on Twitter. Uh, yes. But just to kind of go one more time on Akil's Twitter, it's at a k h i l h h. So pretty easy. Uh, just figure we uh, redo it real quick. Uh, but the, uh, but Akil is obviously you've heard from Michigan uh, does a lot around Michigan State but also there's a, a team up there that is struggling a little bit this year but they need um, but that doesn't mean we can't talk about them and that is the Detroit Pistons. Oh man! Um, 
I know. I have to talk about him because there's one person I want to talk about, but I don't want to lead off with that um, too quickly. But give me just your your just general thoughts on this season on this Pistons. Okay, hopefully it's not yeah. much. I don't I don't want people to to turn off the uh, the podcast from you talking about the Pistons too long, right? But yeah, exactly, but, exactly. <laughs> but exactly. then I want to uh, g- give me some future stuff. Like, what's your thoughts on the future of this team, this organization? What, what what's your thoughts? So future wise, I'm actually very very excited. Excited. I'm happy. Man, we got Tom Gores up out of there. Um, he's no longer like actually managing the basketball team he's still the owner which is fine um but he's no longer like hands-on in the basketball stuff um troy weaver we got him from okc um super super excited about that because i actually feel like for the first time in a very long time we have somebody as a gm who has a vision like he basically said i'm taking every draft pick possible everybody who was drafted before his time here is no longer on the roster um plus we drafted well like Killian Hayes is doing fantastic since he got back from his injury um Sadiq Bay is is killing it right now um Isaiah Stewart's fantastic right now so um we are definitely on the up and up and for once I'm I'm more happy than ever before uh (laughs) because we're losing games and it looks like we have an actual vision as to what we're doing next um so I'm I'm actually best state of my mind for a very long time as a Pistons fan uh yeah they're they're struggling uh as we all know uh and it's fine at this point you know tank away right like absolutely absolutely i've I've used enough of this season uh, to cheer or not cheer um and so yeah they're what bottom i say bottom three uh you know let's let's say bottom three to be safe um and so they're probably in good spot right now for to have a good percentage to get one of these um these spots in the top five for sure um, yeah. so hopefully, uh, they hit on another draft pick. Uh, but speaking of draft picks, uh, Killian Hayes, I said that he could possibly be the best player that can come out of the, the draft this past year. Um, I loved him. I loved his style of play. I know he got injured for a short bit. He's kind of back at it again. Uh, but what's his ceiling? Like, is there anything that, you know, kind of just sticks out for Killian Hayes to you? Um, I think he could be a way better D'Angelo Russell. Like Mm. they play very similar on offense. They kind of have that lefty kind of game to them and they're super smooth in what they do. But then he might be the best defensive point guard we've had here since Chauncey. Um, Like he kind of gets after it on that end. Um, So he could be a really, really good starting point guard in the NBA, I think. Um, I'm, I'm high on Killian. Yeah. I love how he plays, um, like I said earlier. And so I, I hope that that injury that was this year, you know, he bounces back from it because I, I want to don't want to don't want to be wrong in general. Right. But I, I yeah. want him to, uh, to flourish because I think he could be really good. Um, but the Pistons, the Grizzlies played them on the 6th of May. So we do have them coming up and I, I know that that's, they're obviously going to be tanking even more to be trying to get one of those top or bottom three spots, whatever in the league to get a, to get a good draft pick. Um, And so I want to talk about the Grizzlies on the team. And because you're a Michigan state guy, I have to talk about Jaron Jackson jr. And Xavier Tillman. Like I'll talk about them all day long. And that's what I'm hoping. Um, They're my guys. So are they your two favorite Michigan State Spartans in the league, or is there somebody else that would jump over them? Um, so cop out answer would have to be Draymond, right? Because he's just been the most successful okay. in the past okay. recent years, right? Like I feel like that's a cop out. Uh, but my personal favorite would probably be Xavier Tillman. Okay. Um, because of the simple fact was I was there with him when I was at Michigan State. Same with Jaron; they were both there with me. Um, but me and XT went through school all the way together, uh, from our freshman to, well, his, my freshman, his sophomore year. I mean, no, my sophomore year, his freshman year, all the way to both of our, my senior year and then his junior year when he declared, um, we had the same major too. So we took all of our classes together. Um, so, so I was an advertising major and journalism major. Okay. Um, so I was a double major and he was a journ major there. Um, he's a super smart kid. He graduated and he did four years of school in three, 
in three years. So he got out of there really quickly. Wow. He got his full 120 in. Um, so yeah, really, really smart kid. Super nice. Um, really funny. Um, he just knows how to play basketball. Like yeah. nothing he does will jump out at you flashing lights. Um, he's not going to be a 20 and 10 guy. Um, but he, he kind of feels that he's kind of Draymond-ish, especially in the NBA, right? Where everything he does is super glue guy. Right. Like he'll, he'll set a couple of those really hard screens. He'll get those rebounds for you. He defends at a high level, uh, super high IQ guy. Um, so XT will probably be my favorite out of, out of all of them. Do you, um, I, I've watched him and I've been impressed by him lately. Um, in the beginning, I think he was finding his footing, and I, and I know it takes a little while to transition to the NBA game, um, especially the speed of the game, uh, plus you know the athleticism, the 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 size of these guys. They're all the best of the best of, in college, and so now you have a, a, a teams filled with them, uh, and then a few more people coming off the bench that are just as good. Um, what 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 do you think his ceiling is? Do you think he can be a starter in the NBA? If he gets to the right team, absolutely. Like, I think if he is on a really good high-end com- competition team for a playoff team, mm-hmm. I think he could be a four or five on that team, right? Because okay. if you have offense around him and if you have dudes who can go get buckets and dudes who kind of do other things, he could definitely be the guy who ties the strings for everybody. Okay. Um, I think he could definitely do the the Draymond thing, what Draymond did for Golden State. Like he could be a high level starter, I think, on a championship team. So, I guess so. That's what I'm thinking is um, I'm hoping that the Grizzlies are that high level team, right? At, at some point. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm thinking that that JV Jonas Valanciunas has a has you know another year after this year on a contract um, that puts him in you know mid close to his thirties. Um, I would love to see another year or so out of JV at a Jonas Valanciunas with Xavier Tillman backing him up. And then we get to the, the age around 25. I think, I think he would be then Uh, Xavier Tillman would be probably closing in on his prime, like maybe the start of his prime, you know, finally a few years, you know, into the league um, where he would become the starter alongside Jaron and Ja. Um, Jaron Jackson Jr. Is a guy who can play on the perimeter um, he can shoot the three ball, doesn't really need to post up, uh, but he also does not get rebounds. Xavier Tillman, the complete opposite, which you need, yeah. right? And so, yeah, there's a balance there, right? Yeah, yeah. So, do you think that's a possibility, or do you think like, hey, he needs to be in the starting lineup earlier than that? No, I think I think that actually works for you guys, right? Because I've I've always said this about Jaron. I think he's a two guard and a seven foot body. Like that's really what he is. He likes to kind of play out in the perimeter and space, whether it's him kind of catching shooting or, or him kind of attacking closeouts and stuff like that. Yeah. Um. So I think that works for Jaron, but then you also get like the rough edges, right. Of Draymond. I mean, not Draymond of Xavier. Um. Like he'll kind of do all the dirty work. He loves to do that stuff. Um, so you definitely get that balance there. And then when you add in jaw, like that, that all just works. So I'm with you on that. That wouldn't be that I'm proud. That'd be pretty fun to watch. Yeah. No. And I, and I like it. I, I wasn't sold on Xavier Tillman um, earlier in the season. And because I didn't feel like he had that short jumper. Um, he really just did not open the lane enough. And he's learning that, that, you know, I guess that short corner three um, is kind of where he can pop out to and kind of find a spot yeah. um, and hit to, which opens the lane enough. But he's playing, yeah. you know, well enough defense to be a, a good, solid NBA post man, because yeah. you know you, yeah. you can't just stay in the block the whole time. That's not how this NBA works. So um, yeah, he can he can guard a lot of spots too, and and he is undersized, right? He's six eight, yeah. um, but he does have the one thing. Um, he was he came into Michigan State on the heavier side, and mm-hmm. then he lost a lot of weight. Um, so it's something that something that is in a bunch of other dudes have coined him because he has fat boy strength. Like <laughs> physically, he's thick enough to kind of hold up, even if he is playing right. against more of those bruisers who do like to kind of post up and bang down there. But a lot of people don't do that anyways now. So yeah, um, I think he'll be I think he'll be good enough as a five um in a couple years for you guys as a starter for sure. 
Yeah, I agree. I, I, I think he could be a solid player. Um, and because he doesn't need to be in the perimeter, because Jaron Jackson Jr. is out there, I think that he could do well. But uh, with Jaron, um, his first year, his only year at Michigan State, did you see him being able to be this good? And I know he struggled the past couple games that we've seen lately, but do you think he could be like ceiling top 20 player in the league? If everything comes together and breaks right, absolutely. Um, because he shoots the ball at a clip, especially for a seven foot one dude now, since he grew right. a little bit more. Like wow. I think he grew two inches. Yeah. Um he does stuff that not a lot of seven one dudes do, right? Like towards the end of the year, pre pre-COVID shutdown, those last couple of months, he was getting into a group. Like he was yeah. shooting 40 something percent off of step back threes alone by himself, which is at a decent rate. Like he was shooting three or four of them a game. So if you're shooting that on just step backs as a seven foot one four, like th- that's that's historic stuff. Like nobody's yeah. doing that. So and that the only thing for me that he he has to clean up is is defensively. He gets caught a lot of the times. Um he likes to block shots. It's his right. thing. Like he, he will go after every single block possible. But when you do that, two things happen. A, you draw more fouls and, and he's a foul heavy dude. Like last year, I think per 36 minutes, he was averaging 4.5 fouls or five. I think it was the most in the NBA. Um, but after the more and more blocks that you go after, it takes you out of position to rebound. So that also helps your rebounding numbers go down and he's not the best rebounder also. Um, so defensively, positionally, if he kind of figures out that stuff, um, go for the blocks you can get. Um, challenge stuff, verticality more, because I mean, he's longest. Right. Like he has a seven something wingspan. Like even if he is standing straight up, like that's a great contest. So learn how to defend more positionally instead of trying to chase after everything. Um, that's, that's the next step, I think, for him. So if he does that, sky's the limit. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and I think that's what he needs to mature. He's still young. I think he's, yeah, he's like, uh, is he 19 still? He's 19 and a half, I think, okay. or almost okay. 20, one of the two. So, yeah. As he learns his game and he learns that his arms just, I feel like they always just keep going, right? Um, if he would yeah. just learn to kind of, I guess, hands up, you know, and off, because his hand going up and having making someone shoot over him, is better than a block because there's almost no chance that they're going to be able to shoot over him on a consistent basis at a good percentage. And so I think if he would learn that um, and deflections are always good, especially with his, you know, that he does not need to get his hand in the cookie jar as he often gets caught. Um, exactly. and, and I know he's almost like a, a big baby giraffe running down the court because his, his legs are so long, his arms are so long. And he's just like, you know, he, he's Gumby. Like he, he can, he can go everywhere. It's just like, he's just so long. Yeah. So, yeah. It's crazy. I wish he would, he'll figure that out. I, I just, I know he's about to be coming up on uh, potentially a max contract, at least the negotiations are starting. Um, I would say this summer. And so I just hope that he learns a little bit more and, and he's going to be well playing well this year. So I'm just, I'm, I'm sure that he'll be okay. I just wish he would mature faster. I just, I, I can't, I can't get him, you know, ma- more mature fast enough in my opinion, but um, you hit a little bit on Draymond. What do you think is going on with Draymond? He's had a, a kind of a weird year and he is on the Warriors who we are right now in, in neck and neck and the play in uh, with the Grizzlies. But um, what's going on with him? And I don't want to get into detail because I don't want to lead you the wrong way and, and what my thoughts are. So just in general, what in the world is wrong with Draymond? Well, what in the world is wrong? I think he's – I think the thing with Draymond is you're kind of seeing the decline. Um, for four years when the Warriors were the Warriors, he was a six-five power forward slash center basically – who was guarding fives at an extremely high level, right? Yeah. Like, I think injuries kind of caught up with him and he's been banged up. Like, I think all of the toll from those four years are you're kind of seeing it now. Um, with that being said, he's still playing defense at a very, very high level. Um, 
But the thing is, offensively on the other end, he can't shoot. Like, he just can't. Um, So I wish there was more things with him, whether it was him. Like, I think he doesn't even need to shoot threes, right? Like, with the way that they guard him is they basically don't. Like, if he ever was just like, all right, let me get a 10-foot touch shot, like a little flip shot slash floater. Uh, thing um which once again not to get back to Xavier Tillman but his like floater range like that 10 foot to round that free throw line he's shooting that shot at a really 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 high clip um but if there was anything he could get that going um I think that adds a whole nother a whole nother level of offense um defensively I think it's fine like his IQ that'll always be there for him he's a really smart dude um offensively his playmaking and all that stuff that's always going to be there as well um, I just think the shooting thing, right? Sometimes yeah. it's it looks really hard for him to even be played when dudes aren't even like trying to get out there and guard him at the three point line because just like if he shoots that, that's just probably not going in. Um, so I think he's gonna have to try to find a rework that toolbox and figure out um, how it can be more effective on offense. Yeah, like he's averaging six and a half points a game, six point eight rebounds, eight and eight point seven assists. It's it's not wow numbers, right? And I know that he does the the Marcus All type things where he uses his brain and, and gets to the right spots, uh, helps his team be you know a winning team. Mm-hmm. And you know, as you see, you know, people are hating on Marcus All. Um, I understand I Mar- him. I love Marcus All. Yeah, I, and we do too in Memphis. And it's just like you know that he does a lot of the little things. Mark does as well as Draymond that put yourself in winning position, right? And that's what you know. That's what I respect out of both guys. But what I don't understand with Draymond is how you lose your offense so quickly. Like, I don't get where it went. And so, like you said, getting to a spot that might help you. um, And and I I guess I'll use the illustration such as John Morant. John Morant has not been able to shoot well. He's he's getting better, right? And he's going to get better as he learns, you know, how to shoot better in proper form probably. And and just honestly, just getting in the gym and just shooting as he becomes a man. I just think that people will double you. People will play off of you. People will do so many different things in the NBA as they plan against you. You have to learn how to change. And so if they are letting him shoot the three-pointer, then maybe, like you said, get into the lane and having a floater um, and having and creating maybe pick and rolls, you know, closer to the basket instead of being so far out um, allows you to do more. And so um, is there anything that just pops out that like, Hey, this this is what Draymond could be or is it or is it just the floater in the lane I think I mean of course like having him having a three ball would be fantastic right but like he had he had one year where he shot 38 percent from three um but besides that career-wise he's around 30 36 because of that but if you took that one outlier year out of there he's basically a 30 percent three-point shooter yeah um so it's not very good. Um, so if that ever jumped up to like 34, 35, probably won't. That would make a world of a difference. Um, but I think really the thing with Steph is when Steph kind of gets trapped on those high ball screens out near half court, um, Draymond has so much space to play with. Uh, so if he is taking like eight, nine hard dribbles and he gets into that floater range and if he's making that at a pretty high clip and they're not guarding him i think that's good offense right like if they're not going to guard that shot and it becomes a high efficient shot for them that's a good thing and then if he keeps hitting that that defender will probably be willing to get up there a little bit more and then you get to kind of play the pick your poison game right whether it's you're finding the lob with the dunker spot or that guy in the short corner comes to help over and then you're kind of kicking it out to a shooter um but the biggest problem is outside of like Steph and Draymond they're really playing nobody that are actually real NBA players like they're running a lot of dudes out there this year who just shouldn't be playing 20 25 minutes a game so yeah that's that's something there as well all right so last thing on Draymond um he uh his birthday is March the 4th 1990 puts him exactly 31 years four and a half over under on number of seasons played after this season? Four and a half, four under. Um, 
So I'm guessing if he was over, we'll say five. So that puts him at 36 years of age. I'll take over. I'll take over. I think he'll be playing until 36, 37. So I'll take the over on that one. Wow. So he's got another contract, at least, if not two small contracts heading his way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think think he'll be smart about that one, at least. Money-wise, he's been pretty smart. I think he'll take less just okay. to try to keep some more guys around him, at least hopefully that's what he'll do. Um, so, yeah, I think he's got some time left for sure. Okay. All right. Last thing, uh, we'll get you out of here, man. I, I do appreciate it. It's, 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 been, it's been fun, as always. We talk in the locker room out on a normal basis. But uh, the play-in, um, I, I did a lot of that on my last uh, – the last podcast we did this past week. Um, Portland, Memphis, San Antonio, Golden State – any chance New Orleans gets in there? They are. I don't currently... think there's. A, I don't think there's a okay. shot New Orleans gets in there. Yeah, there's there's roughly twelve ish games left, four games behind. I don't see how yeah. it's possible either. So we'll go with those four yeah. teams because, um, well, we'll include Dallas because Dallas is a half game up in Portland, um, and so they could easily yeah. swap places. So, um, how do you see this play in matchup finishing off? Who who's in the who's in the bottom four? So Dallas, the Portland. Is, the West is crazy. Man. It is the crazy. West is, um, so Dallas, Portland. Really, who do you really think cool. ends up in that sixth spot? So really quick, I'm pulling it up. Um, Dallas is at that six right now, right? And then yeah, that- six, seven, Portland, Grizzlies at eight. Um, I really think I think Dallas will keep the six, honestly. Um, okay. That's just my idea. They have one of the easier schedules here, according to Tankathon. Um, so I think they'll keep that. Um, I think they'll keep that one. Um, I think, honestly, if everything stays the same, I think that you guys would beat – I think you guys would beat the Trailblazers. I, I just have no faith in the Trailblazers. I never have. I never will for some reason. <laughs> um, sorry to sorry to any Trailblazers fans out there. Um, I hate to burst your bubble, but you got to get CJ McCollum out of there eventually. Um, hopefully Memphis, this. Why not? We'll take him. Hey, listen, that's that's not bad actually. To get another secondary scorer next to Ja, that's not bad. That yep. is not bad. Um. Man, I think the team that could honestly maybe get that eight seed is is Golden State, uh, yeah. just because of the simple fact that Steph is Steph. Um, in a one game basis, I think there's not a lot of people I'd want in the NBA more than Steph, just because he can cook. Like he can go for fifty, hit ten threes, and it's kind of a ball game thing. Okay. Um, so I, I think I think there is a really good chance that that Golden State could get that eight seed. Um, I know a lot of people would not want to play that Steph game if they're in the play. Like, would you want, if you're in Memphis, would you want to play Steph? Um, in, you know, in I would probably rather play, I might would rather play Steph over San Antonio, in my opinion. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, I, I just think that, that, yeah, Steph can beat you, right? And, and that's what you're going. But in the end, I think that's all they have. I think you can. I think you can plan um, against Steph in, in a one-game series. Uh, we're doing this, and we're going to go all for it. Um, if he's yeah. off that day, you're guaranteeing yourself a win. If he's that on, if he's on, you still have a chance to battle because there's no way Ubre and Wiggins beat you. Uh, they won't. They won't win the game. Steph could, but that's that's just what I would go with. Is, is that because San Antonio? You have Greg Popovich, and he can coach against you and outcoach you in one game, and you know it's going to be less than five to you know eight points. So I just think that he that Greg Popovich is such a good coach. So, um, that is fair. but we're going to put you on the spot, and I'm going to make you choose because that's what we do here. Uh, the seven eight is Portland Memphis. Right now, it happens. Portland is the home team. Memphis is away team. One game. Who's going to win? You got to pick one. Memphis. Oh, Memphis. Memphis. Okay. So you're um, saying Memphis gets a seven seed? Yeah, I think Memphis okay. gets a seven seed. I do. All right. So if if we're doing if we're gonna lock the playoffs and Jazz Suns are locked where they're at, yep. um, I say Clippers, Nuggets, Lakers, Mavs all stay the same. Yep. I'd go you guys seven, 
um, then I would say Golden State finds a way to sneak in and then they get that eight seed. Wow. Um, I think I think I think after the play-ins, man, Steph stripped off a heater this year. I know. Like, like I'll just ride with that dude. I think until the wheels fall off. Like if if he doesn't do it, I think if there's anybody who can just the strength of himself, um, it'll be a super super performance for him to do that. Yeah. Um, I think I think there is a realistic shot, and also like they're a half a game back from that nine seed too right um like eight through nine right they're they're even 31 31 and then you guys are both tied with with grizzly spurs 31 and 30 mm-hmm. um so it's anything can really happen in 12 games man anything can happen yeah i agree um and, and just kind of and, and piggybacking off that real quick uh san antonio the hardest schedule left the only opponent they yeah, have take under yeah, they 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 have Sacramento Kings, uh, and they literally just played them tough. Uh, San Antonio is going to have a tough time. They're going to probably back their way in. Portland, the fifth hardest. They do have the Rockets and the uh, Cavaliers coming up, but they still have to play the Jazz, the Suns, the Nets, the Nuggets, the Lakers, and the uh, and the Hawks. And I think when the, when they play the Hawks, uh, Trey Young should be back by then. So um, that's going to be a tough out. And then the the other three teams. Golden State, 27th overall, Dallas, 28th overall, and Memphis, 29th overall. Easy schedule. Um, and yep. so Memphis has not played well lately. They're trying to figure out rotations, but they do have an easy schedule coming out. They have a six-game stretch that they should be favored by at least three points in every game, if not more. Uh, so I'm hoping they go on a six-game winning streak and then solidify their seventh spot. Um, and then hopefully uh, the Trailblazers kind of you know fall down a little bit, struggle, and then then they lose to us, you know, you know, in the play in game. So that's what I'm hoping for. But, um, but anything sure. else you got sure. today? Nah, man. Um, I've chatted with you in locker room a ton, man. So it's cool to kind of join your team, join all of your people over at the lead. Um, I'm excited. You guys all put out super dope content. So I can't wait to push whatever you guys do as well. Uh, so it'll be a fun, ton of fun to officially be, be coworkers and stuff. So I'm excited, man. Yeah, it's it's good. Uh, the lead is a it's a good family, um, and so they do a lot of good things, and uh, we kind of take care of each other. Try to make sure um, we get this. You know, I don't want to call it a startup. I don't want to disrespect, but it's a startup. You know, off the ground, um, and keep growing. Yeah, for sure. In the past year, it's it's grown it's grown by so much, and so I I would love to see another season uh, with the lead and see how well it just really does. It's it's going to continue to grow, but uh, but that's all I have, man. I appreciate you coming on and uh and hanging out with us today. Appreciate you, man. Um, anytime you want me back on, I'll be more than happy to come. So no matter what, if you name me, I'll be here. We'll bring you back on when the Pistons have a winning record. How about that? <laughs> oh, man. Wow. <laughs> I won't be on for a while then, hopefully. Hopefully, maybe three years. Three years, maybe. I'm joking, man. I appreciate it, Kill. I appreciate you, man. All right, man. Thanks again to Akil. What an awesome guy, and I hope you follow him along the journey that the lead is undertaking there with the WNBA. Uh, we've never had you know just a channel just for the WNBA fans, but now we do. Um, he, as he said, he's going to be covering everything to do with the WNBA, the players, the shoes. Everybody loves some kicks, right? So go follow it just for the style. And so I don't know if Akil has style, but we're about to see. But let's get into the Grizzlies part. I don't want this to run long, but please, this week, starting tomorrow, I will have a special 10-minute episode in your feed every day in between games. If it's on a back-to-back, the morning of the back-to-back game, you will get me. I will break down every game and preview every game in 10 minutes or less because everybody's got 10 minutes, right? Uh, But let's go ahead and get into a little bit of what April ended with. The last time we talked, uh, the Grizzlies beat the the Trailblazers on that back-to-back. And then we had the Nuggets on that Monday night. The Nuggets, they beat us up, right? Not a big deal. Scheduled loss. Coming off of that, the the away trip that is in Portland. Finishing up on the seven-game road trip against the Nuggets. It was a scheduled loss. But then we came back home Wednesday night against those Trailblazers, and they handed it to us. Just straight out, 
They played much better than we did. We didn't have it that night. No reason to break down those games. It just, it wasn't pretty. But we looked on the schedule and what did we have? We had the Orlando Magic and everybody was, all right, we're okay. Everything's good. And then we get out to a 20 to 19 first quarter. We're losing second quarter. They outscored us again, 23 to 20. We're down four points going to half, but the Grizzlies 36 to 15 in that third quarter ran away with it. The fourth quarter we were playing still our players, but we were trying to get subs in. It was a 17 point quarter for each team. Nobody really wanted to play that night. So that's what happened. We ended up winning that game 92 to 75. I'm not going to get into it because it's Orlando magic. So then we go to their house. Weird schedule. I don't know why. We play at home, and then we go on a back-to-back on the road against Orlando. Same two teams, different venues. And what do you know? Cole Anthony. Dagger from deep. And was straight talking that ish after the game. But as Kyle Anderson said, when you hit that shot... When you win the game, you get to talk all you can. Because it because you can't tell that man he did not do enough to win the game. He won the game with that shot. And so let that man talk. I hate that it was against the Grizzlies. And I hate the way we played. It just looks weird. I don't get it. They outscored us by 10 in the fourth quarter. By 5 in the third quarter. After we were up 36 to 29 in the first, up big at halftime. I don't know what's going on with this team, but it doesn't look good. Just looking at, at, at what we have 21 points from Kyle, 23 from Dylan, 11 from JB, 11 and 16. He's getting back to that, that normal, consistent double double JB is, but he still does not look the same. Jaw, 22, seven assists. Desmond Bain did not look good. I know Grayson Allen was out of the starting lineup, but that should not matter that much. Jaron Jackson Jr. has not looked the same yet. 7-7, seven and seven, that's that's not Jaron Jackson Jr. numbers. And I hope that he figures it out and gets back his feet under him and he feels better. Uh, Tyus Jones is back playing again. 7 points, 3 assists. I, I don't know with that 16-minute what that means, but... We did just go to a normal 10-man rotation again. So I don't know what we're doing with our lineup. And I'll talk a little bit more about that in a second. But, um, man, tough loss. Um, But let's get into uh, a little bit of what I want to get off my chest. And I, I wanted to say this for a while, and I just have not been able to. Because I don't want to sound like the guy who's get off my lawn. But it's time. Grizz Nation, it's time. Grizz Twitter, it's time. I'm tired of it. I'm absolutely furious. I have never seen a more toxic Grizzlies Twitter when it should not be toxic. We have a good young team. And I'm not going to mention any names. But for one person, I'm over. He continues to just ride the roller coaster. He's so high and then he's so low. And it resembles a lot of our Grizzlies nation and a lot of his followers. I just don't get it. This team is young. There's a reason that we are a 500 win basketball team. Just look at the schedule. We just broke 500 with Orlando. I know it's the worst loss of the season at the worst time. But look at the standings. This isn't a time to absolutely freak out. No, we are in the play-in game no matter what. We're not going to drop to the 11th seed. Yes, does it suck? Yes. I would hate to drop down and be a 9-10 and 10 and have to play in and you can't lose. You got to win two games compared to if you're the 8th seed, You lose one, you win one, you're still in. But let's not freak out. These players are adults. 
for the most part. Ja and Jaren are still young, but they have a a, a season under their belt. This is their second season. They play much better. It's on them. I understand that coaching is a big part of it, but having heart and having that will to shut the person across from you down and will your way to win when sometimes things don't look great and sometimes the flow of the game just doesn't go your way. It's your job as a basketball player, as a professional basketball player, to get the job done. And I understand across the other side of the court, those are professional basketball players, but they aren't in your league. They aren't. But I don't understand why Grizzlies Twitter Being frustrated, I get. I once was frustrated laying in my bed, sent out a tweet in response to somebody else. I did not at someone. I did not at someone. So don't send your hate messages to at Justice Winslow, at John Don't send it to him. I promise you they will see it. There's no reason to call them out. If they don't want to see it, let the man live. But I get being frustrated. I really absolutely do. Frustration is okay. How you voice your frustration, be careful. We all want to be adults. We all want to make sure that we respect each other. But calling for certain players to not play and just telling that coaches should not be the coach, that they don't earn their job, that they aren't doing a good job. This same coach in Taylor Jenkins absolutely Put this team where it should be. Yes, is Ja Morant good? Yes, is JV good? Yes, is Dylan Brooks having a great season? Yes, all those can be this, be equal and be the same. Taylor Jenkins is having a great job at being a good coach right now. He's the best coach for this team right now. Okay? Please understand that. But please, get off his back. I understand rotations happen. Maybe, sometimes, it's out of his control. And they're trying some things out, and I get frustration. But please understand, though, these other teams that are 9 and 10, they're playing 500 basketball, too. And I'm seeing their Twitter. I don't think the Spurs and the Warriors are just absolutely just eating each other and and fighting on Twitter and calling for their coach to be fired. Like, what are we doing? This is a young team that needs to be supported, and is playing very good. Let, let, let's just look at it. They're playing over their head. And we are still in the eighth spot. As of today, when I'm recording this, we are in the eighth spot about to take on the New York Knicks, who we owe, and who we're going to beat tonight. And so I ask you, please, relax. Accept the game as it is. If the game goes and we lose, I get being frustrated. But most of you have never played basketball. Most of you have never coached basketball. But because you have analytics and because you have statistics and because you see someone's plus minus, you don't know how the game actually works. And all you Twitter coaches, get over yourself. Frustration? I understand. But telling a coach, what he should and shouldn't be doing, the lineups that he should and shouldn't be doing. De'Anthony Melton hasn't quite figured it out yet, has he? He played well early in the season, but when he's gotten his chance, he hasn't really taken advantage of it. So maybe, just maybe, give these coaches a break because I do believe that they are doing the best job they can because why wouldn't they? So, onward and upward we go. The Lakers suck right now with their king back. Boston can't figure it out. A lot of teams are struggling. This is part of the NBA. This is professional basketball. Portland, who was once struggling, are on a four-game win streak. It quickly can turn around. So we will head straight to the New York Knicks tonight. Thank you for letting me get that off my chest. I had to. I am frustrated. So frustrated. Because yes, we do suck. And we suck right now. But that doesn't mean that we can't have a really good end to this season. We have some very important games coming up. 
but they're very winnable games. We take on the Knicks at home tonight. Then we go Timberwolves on the road, Pistons on the road, Raptors on the road. And guess what? When we get back home, we have the Pelicans and the Mavericks and the Kings twice before we end the season against the Warriors. So, please, nine games remaining. We will go six and three. You can bet on that. And at the end of the day, 38 and 34 doesn't sound that bad. We will be the eighth seed. You can mark my words. And if not, come at me on Twitter. I dare you. But thank you for hanging out with me. Let's preview this Knicks game. These same Knicks just had a great game against the Rockets. But who doesn't, right? 122-97. But when I dig in a little bit to actually how that game was, 30 minutes, Julius Randle. 40 minutes, R.J. Barrett. Taj Gibson. He has no chance. No chance. Coming off the bench and hanging out with Xavier Tillman after 32 minutes in that game. Jonas Valanciunas. No chance. Derrick Rose, 31 minutes. Mind you, they won by 25 points. They're coming on a back-to-back, coming into Memphis, up from Houston. Ladies and gentlemen, this is going to be a win. The Grizzlies are favored by three points. We need to shut down Julius Randle. You know who I have? I'm going to mix up something a little nice. We're going to sprinkle in some extra stuff. And we're going to come out with this glorious thing called Kyle Anderson. Kyle Anderson is absolutely going to be able to handle Julius Randle tonight. And you're going to see it happen. As long as we can shut down their three-point, I feel good about it because I believe that Alfred Payton and John Morant, I, I, I like my matchup there. Nerlens Noel, not sure about his what, what he's doing. He only had 11 minutes in the last game. But Taj Gibson, throw him in. I feel good about the matchup with JV. Julius Randle, Kyle Anderson. Kyle Anderson is going to defend him very well. Julius Randle will win the matchup, but I promise you, Kyle Anderson will be something to reckon with. And even if you don't, we have Brandon Clark. And if he's not playing well, we can put in our guy who does not play good offense, but will potentially play good spot minutes. That is Justice Winslow. I feel good that we can throw enough people at Julius Randle tonight to shut him down or just contain him. But R.J. Barrett and Dylan Brooks, that's the matchup I'm looking at. As long as Dylan Brooks can stay out of foul trouble, I do like that matchup. I know in the past they put Grayson out on him. I'm not sure. I don't think Grayson's going to play. But I think Dylan Brooks takes that uh, matchup. And whether it's in the very beginning of the game or throughout the game, in the end, I think more minutes from Dylan Brooks will be played on R.J. Barrett. So I like that for us. In the end, this team doesn't need the wins like we need the wins. I know they're in the playoffs, and I know they're fighting to hold on to that four seed. They have a game and a half up on Atlanta. Atlanta's got a tough game tonight against those Blazers. So, I'm cheering for a New York Knicks loss and Atlanta Hawks win. That way, kind of slows down the train that is Portland. If they get cooking, that's going to be a tough 7-8 matchup. But let's think about the present. New York tonight, I feel good about our chances. Like I said earlier, we are a three-point favorite. They're coming to our house, the grind house tonight. The Grizzlies will be ready, and the Grizzlies will win by nine-plus points. If you want to go to FanDuel, DraftKings, MGM, put your money on a nine-plus point win. You're going to see it tonight. You're going to see these Grizzlies come out with a lot of effort early, and they're going to hold that effort. And it's going to be behind 
Jonas Valanciunas, and John Morant. It's going to be a good game, and I hope that Jaron Jackson Jr. gets his feet under him. I would actually love to see him start. If we can see Jaron start, I like him against Julius Randle as well. I think he can stay in front of him enough uh, and, and, and get to our rotations. And I will talk a little bit more about that um, on, in, in the next episodes. Uh, but I want to make sure I get this in. I didn't want to run too long today. So thank you for hanging out with us. Um, the New York Knicks tonight, we owe them. Grizzlies Twitter, I want positivity. Win or loss, we're going to hold on this eight seed. We're going to go 6-3 and three over these nine games. So hang in there with us. I know it's frustrating, and I know you want to scream. So do I. But onward and upward, we're heading to the playoffs, and we're going to keep playing good basketball starting tonight against the New York Knicks at home. Nine-plus point win. Have a good week. I will talk to you tomorrow. Remember, download. We are coming in hot and heavy in between the games, 10 minutes or less. Your boy is coming in to fill your ear holes. Be nice and tell your friends.